0: i right. I'm gonna. Yes, and we're live.
1: Um, is it my internet? I think, um, Vishnu, your screen is a little blurry. I just hope the recording doesn't take your screen. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, um, shall we start? Yep, absolutely.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Yes, Divya. Um. Yeah. Um. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Tivya and I'm here uh, with two of my friends, Anshika and Vishnu Menon. And we are going to talk about uh, censorships and on what grounds it is justified. So uh, what do we mean by censorship in the first sense? So it uh, means the suppression of... Uh, many rules and regulations in terms of uh, movies, in terms of uh, freedom of speech, um, and also in terms of the activities, um, because it offends um, certain individual or it offends a certain group or a religion. So yeah, in my opinion, that is what censorship is. And yeah, over to you, Anshika. What Vishnu?
2: So uh, thank you, Divya, for the introduction. So yes, uh, if you have to start with what what and when was the first instance of censorship? Probably uh, it has existed since the time when there were kings and queens. Uh, We have instances in history wherein certain people were admonished from the kingdom because they spoke something which was very unfavorable to a king. Uh, those were the folk stories which we uh, keep on hearing and how we should not probably go against the uh, party uh, person in power. So censorship has existed for long and uh, the, during the British times there was a law called as a sedition law which is still uh, the most contentious law of India wherein uh, if there was something told against uh, the ruling government people were put in jails. But Those were the higher forms of censorship then now we have uh, performs a censorship wherein something which offends any religious group, any, uh, any race, any particular uh, particular sect of people is not allowed. Uh, so the recent instances, if I could recall, would be Salman Rushdie, uh, these paintings or the Vindy Dogra's, uh, Dogras book. Uh, and even their most latest series, th- uh, Thunder, was censored because it offended someone else. That's what I recall. Maybe Vishnu can uh, shed more light on uh, onto it. He can take it from um, here and say
0: like, what does yeah, he think uh, about it. Sure. Uh, no, I would definitely add it's like a plus one for me, for instance, that it's always existed. And uh, you could even see censorship in, in very, you know, pre- like the one that we have prominently recorded is something of like Nicholas Copernicus or, you know, uh, of Galileo Galileo and even kind of, uh, you know, question scientific truths or, you know, truths regarding nature and, you know, its existence and our place in it, if it kind of went against the norm that uh, religion or any position of authority said, uh, you know, you were burnt at stake and so on and so forth. So I think censorship is is stifling of any opinion that goes against a popular notion or a prevailing belief regardless of where that stems from or if it's got a logical truth or a logical backing behind it. But regardless of it, when you go against the existing grain of thought, uh, I think anybody in terms of position of power would try and stifle that. And that's been like, I would agree that it's been it's always been there historically. And uh, we've got laws from the British era, no doubt about it. But we also had a chance to revive it once we did get independence, you know, like, we, we had a chance to amend it. But unfortunately, sedition laws did not. In fact, it was even in the First Amendment, uh, you know, if you look at, if you listen to some of the parliamentary, the speeches in the parliament, you know, Nehru kind of, uh, you know, suggested that it goes against what we stand for, but regardless, it needs to be there in, in place. And, you know, I was also mentioning one of the first, you know, the articles that uh, Dr. Ambedkar wrote when he was asked to justify the context in which uh, you know fundamental rights exist. So he kind of, uh, in one of the quote in in an article that we kind of had, he says that you know the, the where there are two sorts of people who are against the existing con- constitution, and one from one comes from the Communist Party, which kind of believes that. You know, they believe in the dictatorship of the proletariat. So they condemn anything that's based on parliamentary democracy. So the other quarter where criticism stems from, I'm just quoting, uh, I'm just paraphrasing and quoting slash so we can pro- provide from where we got this. So he kind of says that uh, the socialists are the other ones who are against the constitution because uh, you know they want freedom of speech, uh, I mean, fundamental rights to mention in the constitution to be absolute and without any limitations. So that if their party fails to come in power, uh, they would have unfettered freedom, not merely to criticize but also to overthrow the state. So this has been like a debate from—I mean, it's not a debate that we're just experiencing as a generation now. It's also been a debate uh, for policymakers and, you know, even founding fathers of our modern republic. Uh, so where do we go from here? Is is the question? So I would like to, you know, open up. The debate with both of you uh, just wondering so I would say I am a freedom of speech absolutist where I would not want anybody stifling any sort of freedom of thought because the only way that you can express the uh, thought is by is by saying it or or like you know painting it or writing about it so I come from that perspective where there should be nothing that is curtailing freedom of speech so uh,
1: I just so um, I, have- I got a thought in the yeah, anshika
2: go ahead. Yep, Divya, go ahead. I Divya,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just got a thought in my mind. I mean, we all um, want our country to be progress and we ourselves want to you know uh, become progressive in all the aspects but um, do we react the same way when we look at a certain um, you know content being posted or it can be in you know, a political way or it can have some artis- artistic value or it can be somebody's opinion so we all wanted to get uh, be progressive but we are not reacting in terms of uh, progressiveness so yeah i just got a thought in my mind while vishnu was um, you know, explaining um, these aspects. Yep, Anshika, you can go ahead.
2: Yes, just to take from there, I don't know where uh, exactly do you draw a line. So when you say uh, Vishnu that you are a freedom of speech absolutist and every thought should be allowed to uh, to be told and to be expressed on screen, there are certain lines which would be drawn. Like our country, uh, our country has this huge problem of how they treat women. And you know, certain uh, certain times the uh, nobody—it's a chicken—it's uh, a case of an egg and a chicken which came first. And uh, be- whether the films influence the society or the society influences the films. Now, if the films keep on showing violence, there have been studies where it says that what is portrayed on the screen is what gets reflected on uh, in the society—the kind of words people use for girls, etc. So now, if you start showing, say, a, uh, there is a series which starts sexualizing girls on underage girls, ten, uh, ten, uh, 15 year old or 12 year old girl on uh, TV, on when it becomes popular because people want to see it, or say child pornography, it becomes popular. And then the government cannot just say, okay, because, it's, uh, because we are freedom of speech absolutists, we are not going to censor anything. Uh, if people want they see it, and if people don't want, they don't see it. But then there has to be a line, right? Because one, that child has not given any concern to what is being happening to him. Two, it is also not just impacting that child, it might probably impact an another innocent child which is not at all involved in this. Because somebody sees something and he goes and implement it on a second person. So now. Uh, and then uh, the government doesn't know how to react. Like, if I put myself in the government's position, now what do I do? I protect uh, your freedom of speech, your thought process to show anything, to write anything, or do I protect uh, protect some innocent child or the citizens who might get affected for no fault of theirs?
0: Sure. I mean, this, that's a very I mean that's a very interesting question, and it's also I mean the question of a line is is always tricky right because so once you draw a line and that line's not etched in stone that line keeps shifting according to the day and age we live in so that's what's tricky about the line but it's i mean i would concede absolutely you know for instance if if there if there was a woman walking down the street and i would call her all sorts of you know disastrous stuff i don't think that that should be you know permissible by law because we have got laws pertaining to e-teasing and whatnot, you know, so I can't be, I can't go and suggest that, oh, that it was my freedom of speech to kind of call her what I wanted to call. And, uh, but I mean, I do, I do recognize, and I will concede that there has to be lines, but more importantly, who draws these lines and, and who has the authority to kind of change these lines, you know, because what was permissible, many years ago is not considered permissible now, uh, uh, you know, like, I, I we were mentioning in the past that the the, the people, you know, African Americans were, were called by different names, which was permissible by law to call them. And they found it perfectly fine as a generation to call it. But in 96, 97, you were no more able to call them uh, a certain set of word, but that word is still used in pop, you know, pop culture and whatnot. So, how can it be that there is a law that, that you know, applies to one section of the society and not to the others? And, and is it all right if I am, let's say, I belong to a persecuted class and if I can use words that are not acceptable anymore and nobody, you know, no, nobody sues me or I'm not in trouble, but immediately if somebody else who who belongs to, let's say, a privileged class uses a word, then they're in trouble so these these goalposts keep shifting and that's that's what i feel is the real problem with the line i mean firstly who draws the line uh, and who's in the authority of changing the line as we progress towards uh, becoming more liberal and more progressive as generations you know pass through time
1: yeah i agree with you vishnu and adding to that um in terms of um applying laws to a certain uh, society or a class, in my opinion, uh, laws should be uh, same to all the citizens irrespective of uh, which class the citizen come from or the society or a religion, whatever. Um, But um, as a policy maker, in my opinion, um, there's a responsibility from our side as well, uh, which side we support and is it worthy of that support? So just to whether the censorship is required on a certain element, Um, is it, uh, if we are saying yes, then we should think about, is it worthy of, you know, supporting, censoring a certain uh, content, example, child pornography. So, or, you know, I agree that freedom of speech exists, but uh, how good freedom of speech in terms of uh, child pornography is good? Or bad is something um, as a policymaker, um, you know, that responsibility weighs in on us. Uh, Yeah, in my opinion. And also, um, as you mentioned, that line who has to draw the line is something um, I think subjective and tricky uh, because everybody has a a different set of uh, laws. And also, even the government is setting a law. Again, there are a lot of private, um, you know, organizations companies corporates uh, especially who lead media world uh, has their own law right and they set their own rules so uh, sometimes they let um, you know uh, content watch for example um, a certain movie um, has censored uh, has a censorship of certain content but still um, you know we can go ahead and watch it on the internet so uh, i mean um, it's like the censorship, uh, we should think about how good or bad it is. And also, there's also something called age groups, ratings, GPG, parental guidance, and teen in terms of movies, or series, uh, watching video content. So certain laws should be left with the government, uh, in my opinion. And certain laws is something, it should be free for everybody. And it, it depends on a certain individual. Um, you know, if they do not like it, they can, you know, Stop checking that. Uh, if they don't want to watch it, then um, they they don't have to. It's there's no pressure on that. But and also adding to that, uh, promotion of something which is not uh, you know legal in the country is also something I would support. That you know there should be a limitation to that uh, instead of censoring or ban- completely banning that uh,
0: you know thing. Okay. I mean now since we're kind of narrowing down the scope of argument, right? So. I mean, now we can come down from freedom of speech and we can concentrate more towards censorship. And, you know, so it is just a, like, so the question, like, I'd like to put out there is that we've seen a few examples right from the past. Like, so Anshipa, like you were mentioning, Salman, Salman Rushdie's Satanic Voices were published and, you know, it was banned because it kind of hurts the sentiments of a certain community. Uh, you know, Padmavat was released and that had a huge, uh, you know, hue and cry because it again hurts the sentiments of another community. So when we're narrowing down the scope of censorship towards, let's say, media or OTT platforms or books, uh, who draws the line now and what is the line? So does my right to express myself, uh, you know, trump your right to be offended or does your right to be offended trump my right to express myself so what do you what do you feel what do you both of you feel about this so
1: um i think sorry, i might experience, uh, oh sorry anshika please go ahead i think it's your time
2: oh it's okay so what i was trying uh i would like to say is it's both the ways you know it's a very uh difficult line to draw because sometimes what happens is it becomes a majority and minority issue. And the government of the day, whomever it feels is its vote bank, tries and favor that. So when Salman Rashidi's uh, satanic verses was banned, it was trying to please certain sect of community. And when they were trying to uh, say, remove a scene from Tandav, they were trying to please some other sect of community. So this is something which the government again does. But as a policy maker, if uh, as someone who is just concerned about the policy and not about the politics, I would say the censorship should have a clear, defined guidelines. Like you know, if certain thing, uh, say a child pornography is shown, that's a strict no. No matter what your scene is, we would not allow child pornography to be shown on the screen. Your freedom of speech that time uh, is not allowed. Uh, If there is certain thing which is a strict, uh, no, no, say uh, making fun of a disabled person or uh, not fun, like uh, showing certain very uh, cringe scenes uh, of a disabled, that time probably maybe I can have a warning. If it's extremely required in my script, there is a trigger warning so that Someone who is has faced certain issues watching that scene, skip over that scene. Because uh, we need to realize that there are different people watching the same show or same movie, etc. And there could be implications. So that time, as a policymaker, there have to be very strict violence. And that has to be very, then it creates a problem because everybody will be interpreting in their own way. Somebody will say, okay, uh, this is not in this, so I can show this. I I cannot show a rape scene, so I can show a different kind of scene. So maybe those uh, guidelines has to be very narrow and very straight. That's what I would like to say.
0: So my question again would be, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, you know, with the whole concept of trigger warnings. I don't think one should, I mean, I don't think trigger warnings should exist per se, because, you know, there are some questions that will trigger you in one way or another, because if you, let's say, if I have a notion of the world that's being challenged, I'm automatically triggered in one way or, another, like, or the other, right? And it's a very subjective thing. So, you know, we've just got to have trigger warning put up because you never know which, which scene is going to trigger anybody. So let's say, uh, there, there, there was a romantic failure in a movie, which might, see very, which might seem very normal to you and me. Probably there's a guy going through depression because you know he broke up with his girlfriend. So, uh, and he's triggered all of a sudden. So, that's my problem with any kind of line. Like if so, because you're in perfect discretion to either watch it or not, as long as it's not being force fed onto you you are in perfectly, you can, you know, you you can choose not to buy and read Salman Rushdie's satanic verses. You are, you've got perfect liberty to like, not watch Padmavat, right? But if you still do, and if you take offense to it, should it be the problem of the creator? Or should it be the problem of the artist or the writer in that sense? Because what they're also doing is, uh, they are exposing some sort of truth that they feel exists, right? I mean, it might not be the case, but they might feel that there is an inherent flaw in the society, according to them, in their opinion, and they're expressing it. So I always feel that the answer to bad speech is good speech. The answer to a bad book is a good book. The answer to a bad film is a good film, as opposed to just trying to draw lines and stifling either one of them.
1: Um, I kind of agree with you Vishnu um, so for example let's say I am you know uh, directing a movie and I wanted to direct the movie take a movie on my you know personal experiences then I experience something bad uh, with certain community or a certain situation and I'm showing the same thing in the movie. So if I'm showing something bad, then it doesn't mean that I'm uh, kind of promoting that so and so community or a society is bad. It's just my experience. It's just my personal opinion. So I think my freedom of uh, speech shouldn't affect the other person uh, because it's my personal opinion and I'm kind of portraying it. So. Um, yeah, and the opposite person, it depends on them how they take it. So, and also, I kind of ag- agree with Anshika that we should have disclaimers in the beginning um, so that uh, people who don't like it or people who get offended uh, by that easily can, you know, avoid such uh, things
0: to happen. Sure. Okay. So, then my second question to both of you is is, is speech violent?
1: Um, it's not directly violent, it uh, kind of um, refers to um, certain uh, things. I mean, um, it depends on in what context you um, uh, talk about something uh, in what, um, what is the intention you have? If, uh, if I have an intention of, um, if I have bad intentions against national security, then I think it's not correct. It's It's kind of you know, violent. Uh, it depends on what context and what intentions um, you have uh, for me. So directly, I would not say speech is violent. It depends on the situations and how you take it.
0: So It can be violent. Anshika, what's your take
2: on it? So I think, I personally think that speech per se is not violent, but sometimes it also depends on the person. You know, there are people who hold a lot of power. Say uh, in our society, uh, if I could say a guru to someone might be a very auspicious person, any guru. And if he says something, uh, not just guru, like uh, I don't want to be controversial here, anybody, uh, say uh, someone from uh, for a Muslim community, they might have some religious leader who is a very auspicious person uh, to them and they believe that. So when uh, such kind of person go a- around and speak something, uh, which might uh, trigger people into thinking about uh, that this is what matters, and this is uh, this is what is the truth, and then because this person is in a position of power, so a power which he did not ask for, but he got he got that power because people trusted him. So now that power, as the saying goes, with great power comes great responsibility. So then that person has to be responsible. And that's why the speech, what he makes, he is responsible for what happens in the future.
0: So in that sense, uh, don't you feel that every individual in that sense is got a certain power and they got powers provided by the constitution and given by the constitution. So, With that power also comes certain responsibility to choose to not act in a specific way. For instance, uh, I'd say that regardless of what anybody says, if, you know, in terms of influence, uh, like, you know, I would point out that I am more influential to my best friend as opposed to this guru or this, you know, or whatever, padre or whoever, you know, let's offend all communities while we're at it. Like, so, I mean, I'd say I'm in more I'm more in a position of influence towards my best friend rather than like or a set of friends rather than them. So why tell them, listen, you know what, there's this random dude walking in the street, let's all go, like, you know, thrash him up or beat him up. Uh, and if they choose to do it, who who's really at fault? You know, like everybody's got their own, that, there is that element where you have a duty yourself, right? Like if, if it's, it can either be a moral duty or a legal duty. Where you're, you know that there are legal repercussions if, in case you do it, and the only justifiable cause is that you had something against X, Y, Z. So I don't, I don't know if speech in itself. You know, can be violent. So incitement of violence is again a crime, or is a restriction in terms of fundamental, uh, you know, Article 19, which gives us fun, in, in the fundamental right to speech and expression. Uh, do you, what do you guys feel about incitement of hate or incitement of violence, like? me trying to express something.
1: I definitely think that there should be some limitations because um, um, internet is something can be accessible by everyone. And nowadays kids are like, oh my God, uh, they are too advanced and anybody can access anything. And I think censorship or some limitations uh, to incitement uh, you know, on a certain um, community hating them or inciting violence inciting hatred there should so be it's, it's not a
0: community perspective i'm just putting it out there as you know in terms of uh, an emotion in itself right so we are able to express love we're ex- able to express feelings of love fraternity and so on and so forth but but in our re- in our daily lives hate is a very powerful emotion as well now if if we kind of uh subdue the the way you know that people do want to express hate like you know we've got We've got citizens all the time, including, I mean, occasionally myself, that you see Pakistan lose and lose a cricket match and they're filled with you know that sadistic joy of hating the other country. So hate is also a very powerful emotion. So if 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 you can allow an emotion such as love to exist and prevail and you can express it, why not hate? Like, isn't it better to have if it's state actors or non-state actors or even citizens to express themselves? And know that there is a certain sense of animosity, as opposed to confine it to the realm of taboo, and you know, have people have private discussions in their house, and you know, people. Would you would you rather have a community that's not racist, or which is racist in the open, or they would rather be racist in their living rooms? What, I don't know what this choice is, but what would you have?
2: But uh, Vishnu, I think it's still again. No boils down to this, that what is the limit you can allow? You know, you allow people to uh, exhibit animosity and you allow people to be that, uh, to do what they want to. Then again, the question comes of say uh, in Indian context, a Brahmin still holds uh, much more power than an SC. So a Brahmin going and saying something to an SC and uh, he uh, he has that social capital to probably even boycott him. In a lot of cases, a majority of cases. Oh,
1: that applies
2: to every That applies to every event. So it always applies to the persons who have been uh, more in the position of power to uh, what they can do will affect a, a minority of the community or who doesn't hold that power. So again, we are, again, back to the chicken and the uh, egg problem. So it's it's a problem of, uh, you know, uh, and I completely empathize with the policymakers because it's not easy for them to also understand where exactly can they draw a line and which line today they draw a line and say, okay, fine, this is not allowed. But what happens is usually people become comfortable with that line. So tomorrow when they say, okay, uh, we want to give you more freedom, people are not even ready to take more freedom. Or uh, even if they feel, okay, this line was wrong and we have to probably erase and uh, probably say that, okay, uh, we want to, uh, you know, add one more uh, layer to it and one more protection. Obviously, those who have uh, enjoyed freedom will say, no, why are you taking away my freedom now? Say uh, the word, uh, as you mentioned in the starting, Negroes. Negroes was something which was an acceptable word. Now the community came forward and said, okay, we don't like it. It's not something acceptable. And it was like, okay, fine, uh, we will not allow it. But uh, so now the white people are not allowed to call others uh, Negroes. But the Negroes say this is our self-expression. We'll call ourselves Negro. So the white person obviously feels offended. Like, why are you not allowing me to say you to call yourself Negro? And I can, always- if I call you, you get offended.
0: Like, I still don't know if it's acceptable to to use that word right now in the podcast to be very honest. But the substitutes that we have are also crazy, right? So because you never know right now what is acceptable is probably people of color but now when you say people of color it's a very vague term what is a people of color it can, what is it green yellow brown like what is it you know it, it's so vague and maybe 50 years later we to call somebody people of color in itself is a very offensive term and so the, the like i said the goal was continuously shifting and people all of a sudden just just wake up and realize all of a sudden that they're offended and there's no justification given for the offense, right? So that's my question: Does your right to get offended trump my right to express myself? And if if that's the case, then we would probably lose uh, a sense in a lot of conversation, or the truth somewhere gets subverted or diluted, right? Uh, because I can probably call out something that is inherently bad in my religion, but if folks are just offended because I'm calling something out, we would never we would never see change or progress. So. In a, in a very strange conundrum, you know that that extreme progressiveness or extreme uh, sense of a liberal value is actually diluting the truth. Is what I feel. I mean, I'm not being an anarchist. I'm not trying to say that there shouldn't be a line at all. But the the I think the question and the debate this this conversation will continue and it will continue because it's simply because nobody has a solution to it. Is that? Who draws the line and and who moves the line and when is it okay to say something and when is it not okay to say something?
2: So, yeah, I agree with you and I think this would be a the best. which should keep continuing because I don't think even we are not acceptable. Is it uh, right to censor something? Is it not right? Like today I can say, okay, uh, I don't want this government to censor anything at all, but then tomorrow it might just come and by in as uh, because to be some, uh, some limitations. So I think it's something which will keep continuing and it's a very difficult call even for the policy makers. Apart from just their political affiliations, even if they just have to attempt to say, okay, today, uh, I'm not going to allow this or that. Because one or the other community is going to get offended. If I take one community's side and say, okay, fine, this should be allowed. And they will say, okay, why are you just talking about this? Why are you not talking about the wrong in the other community? So somebody is going to be offended. We can
0: so actually I, end because we don't really have. Yeah, we don't. I, I absolutely agree. We don't really have an answer. I think we've just got. Uh, I mean, we've got different different experiences that every individual has, which is very subjective. And I mean, it's all right to be offended by something, but usually, sometimes, most definitely, you know, truth is truth is offensive, especially when we kind of have a preconceived notion of what the world is supposed to be or an idealistic world and sometimes we realize that it's not and if someone points that out it's it's natural to be offended but i just believe that uh in in political correctness or in our right to be offended if that comes at a cost of stifling of truth that's like a very dangerous direction where we'd be headed to uh it's something it's something on the lines of you know, our great reformers like, you know, Rajaram Monroy Roy kind of going against Sati and child marriage, which was at the, at the time, which was very acceptable and people just thought it was normal, but you needed someone to call them out and naturally they were offended. But if our current state was at its power there, they would probably, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Rajaram Monroy would would have a sedition case on him in that sense for offending Uh, the the sentiments of the majority. So I feel the truth needs to have its place as opposed to offense. Um, And I know it's, I mean, this is easier said than done. How would we get this into policy and, you know, a legal framework is I think is a debate that's going to continue.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in sync with both of you. Yes, um, there's no full stop to it, there's no end to it, because um, we are becoming liberal day by day, and hence, and of course, uh, the policies or the way we look at content or the views, images, um, opinions uh, change day by day. Uh, The more uh, progressive we become, the more um, risky factors also come into the picture, and yeah. Um, and also, um, if there's a board set up in future, at least uh, to set up these censorship laws or rules, then it should be revisited very frequently, uh, the way we are progressing as a country. Uh, it should be re- re-looked into so that we can make use of the information which is available globally um, over the internet uh, in our, to improve ourselves in terms of you know economy or improve our knowledge so yeah uh, there should be a certain limitation but it shouldn't be uh, completely censored
0: Achika, do you have any final thoughts
2: oh so, yeah so my final thoughts would be yes uh, it's not easy to define what uh, what and what and why do we want to censor anything but with how the time goes by it should be relooked and, uh, into and a lot of things should be rethought we should not be stuck into old laws and old ways one of the reason uh, one of the problems of the sedition laws is it's still stuck in 18th century and that's why a lot of people misuse it but yes again the question is like if it's favorable to the government why would they again want to revisit it because it's very favorable to them so then who does it who is in power to because to, today, if something is very favorable to me, why would I want to change? I would, exactly. I would. if I think from the common perspective, I don't want to change it. I am very no,
0: okay with I mean, it. I think even, even if we care. were supposed to run the establishment right now, we would not want people challenging our our policy decisions, right? So it's yeah. just comfortable for all <laughs> I mean, of us.
2: I am okay with it, right? Yeah. So it, uh, So that's, uh, that's where the question comes in that who will bell the cat? Who is going to actually tell that no? See, I understand. These are my powers, but these are not right. I want to probably change. So maybe we need somebody who is a very progressive thinker and who doesn't think only in short term of his own benefits, but thinks about the society in
0: general. I hope we get there. But yeah, this was a great conversation. Oh. Uh, I think on that note, we can just, I mean, some problems in society are going to be inconclusive. And I, I hope we find answers for them later. But until then, I I hope we're all uh, able to express ourselves as freely as possible without being sued or, or put into prison. Uh, yeah. Yep, so it was a great conversation. Thank you, Vanchika. Thank, Thank you, Divya. This was wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. It was great having a question.
2: Bye. Bye.